0: It's become such a work of finesse, brand and marketing, these days. You need to understand what your outcome needs to be first. It's costly. It's, it's really costly. So I guess that, that's the limitation. But I wonder if technology is going to really help us in the future. I think we're, we need to give more credit to the consumers. Let me answer the question in a different way. Let me answer like this. If I would be a founder of a small company technology my friend (laughs) it recognizes you have a footprint (laughs) you know there so i think it has to be both um you know it's first of all we're all consumers um we're all users of social media we're all users of different platforms and you know technology in general from the mobile device to you know uh, any kind of other device out there right so that's one thing but on the other side there's so much research that you can tap into and you can actually look at what the consumer wants right now and one of the most interesting researches that i have been looking at one of the the studies that google released is that each one of us uses about five devices to make just one decision right so think about it you're going to be for let's say you want to buy a ticket to fly to somewhere you're going to be first on your phone then you're going to be on your laptop then you're going to be maybe i don't know searching somewhere uh, on a tablet then you're going to come back again to your mobile or whatever so in the end the consumer journey you know that we think about as a funnel today it's so much more chaotic than we actually know and if you think about like three to four five devices for one single purchase that's pretty crazy so you know the experience really needs to be end to end for the consumer to be able to finally click purchase at the end of that crazy journey remove the friction right so there's always a kind of friction between what the consumer actually wants and what you're offering so if you remove all that friction in a way right if you make it smooth for the consumer to actually get to that decision um that's going to be the you know the winning strategy you know there's there's another thing that google put out there that it's the seven eleven four rule so it's basically you need to be able to spend seven hours or on 11 different touch points and on four different platforms before a consumer has built enough trust to actually buy from you and this applies to anything any type of uh, you know consumer any type of industry any type of product um, it can apply to for example um, thought leadership you know i've i've come across this person who's really interesting Um, I've heard maybe, um, some kind of a speech from that person. Let me tap into their LinkedIn profile. Let me now go to YouTube and search for some more content that they might have. Um, let me maybe go to Instagram and see if there's something else there. That happens quite a lot. So what is really important that you have that seven hours of content that the consumer can really spend that quality time. You know, it's like meeting a person. Like you and I, we meet and we get to know each other. We spend time over our coffee, you know? You don't build trust immediately just because you're you, right? We need to spend time and know each other and interact and discuss things. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm, I trust you, right? So it's the same exact thing with consumers. You still need to look at multi-channel, right? So we are talking about multiple channels that you need to be on. So if you think, just let's say, just the social media aspect of it, right? There's so many different platforms that you need to be on. Now add on that, you know, for brands like mine, for example, you add, you know, physical retail, you add the e-com sites, you add the, you know, in-person events and so on and so forth. There's so many different touch points. There's so many different platforms, you know, that you need to be on and you need to show up funny enough, authentically enough on all of them, but differently enough on each of them so that the consumer can see you differently on each one, right? So this is very, very complex. That makes the whole journey um, of, of how to really strategize um, you know, our marketing tactics very, very complex. Because and this is where I love to to say that this is a very holistic process. Because for me it's you need to think really at the top, like who are you as a brand? What do you stand for? What are those values? What are the things that you're trying to implement and to change? What do you stand for? Right. That's the main thing. And then of course you have products and you want to sell them that that's the whole point of being in business and, you know, doing marketing is to sell products. It's not anything that is like, it's not an idealistic, um, thing that we're trying to do here. Like we love what we do, but we're trying to sell products. Right. So in the end, you need to think, you know, from top down, like very top line is like, what am I trying to say? with a brand? What do I stand for? And then that whole holistic view on the brand needs to then trickle down authentically into every single touch point, every single platform that you are going to be, um, you know, facing the consumer one to one. And I think the super interesting and exciting part for me is that what I see in the future of marketing is that this whole process is becoming more and more personal, more and more personalized. And so The brands that are going to be able to use data to understand you, Joey, as a consumer personally and come to you individually and be able to tell you, hey, I think you're going to love this, right? Those are the brands that are going to win in the future. I always, um, you know, go back to any resources that I have available and employees are, you know, one of those resources that you have at your disposal for everything that you're planning to do. So I think it's really smart. And it's actually a super underrated tactic to use your employees to actually um, distribute, you know, the messages, to wear the products to do focus groups, um, to get any insights, because if they're not championing your product, and of course, I mean, there's different types of companies, different industries, different products. I mean, I'm just lucky that, you know, like I can wear the product of the brand that I'm working for. There might be other products and other things that are not, you know, wearable or, you know, that you can actually champion. Um, But when when we're talking about consumer facing brands, that you can actually use employees to help you distribute that, um, you know, that message, I think it's quite a missed opportunity not to do so. So to answer your question, like super, super, super short is yes, I always think about that. And especially and I would say it's not even something that um, big brands should be looking at, especially smaller brands or smaller companies, you know, that don't have enough resources. And then you're just looking at your toolbox and you're like, okay, what do I have at my disposal? What can I use for free? Like, Can I use my partners? Can I use my employees? What can I use? You know and then of course technology comes uh, very much at play when you're doing that especially in small companies small budgets small teams you know you you need to use that leverage you know and i think what ai is going to do in the future is really help those smaller companies be able to leverage creativity and access to people in a in a much bigger way than they were used to and you know in a way that those kind of like big activities were kind of reserved for bigger brands. And I think in the future, that's going to be very much democratized. It's pretty easy to do. It's pretty easy to implement. And if you get people involved um, early enough in any process, they will end up supporting you towards the end of the process, right? So if you think again, holistically of, you know, business being like this, you know, end to end process, and it's not just linear. It like it goes one way and then it comes back to you. Um, you know that's how I look at it because even when you think about you know when we say yeah we're consumer centric, it's like how much of that comes back to us in terms of the feedback, the real feedback outside of you know focus groups that are sometimes you know happening in sort of a little bit of a bubble and outside of the real you know process of the business. But the actual you know like end to end process from like, okay, we've had that idea, we've tested it with focus groups, we've implemented it, we've launched the product, we've launched the marketing, Let us now gather feedback from the consumers on what we've actually done and see what comes back, what worked, and what didn't, you know yeah, I mean, at our h q there's this guy at the at the coffee shop, he always knows what I'm going to ask for. And I try to kind of give them, you know, kind of different answers every day, just to kind of like set them on the, like the wrong, but they always know it's like, they remember, you know, the faces, you establish a personal relationship with them and, you know, you go there every morning asking for your coffee and here it is, you know, with a little heart and everything. And it's perfect. He knows like, I don't even need to ask I'm there. And why is that so different than, you know, all the data that you're anyway, putting out there. Into the world of you know the internet, and then it comes back to you in different shapes and forms through different brands that you're anyway using or planning to use. So I know it's really scary, but in the in the end, if you're really thinking about it, it's not that different than what happens in real life. I can speak for myself, what we are doing in our, you know, in our team, in our business unit, is always to just think of the employees as as consumers. And, and so for example, in my team, we've done everything from um, a consumer focus group and really looking at really minor details on the products like the fit and the quality and the, how it kind of sits on your head You know, in terms of headwear specifically. Um, and it's been really fun because you have really engaged employees that are really engaged consumers on that product category. So we've actually selected those consumers and employees that are very engaged, not just every employee, but the really engaged ones. So we have really top quality sample um that really uses that kind of products and also from competition probably. So they have a really good benchmark. Um so we've done that which has improved the product tremendously. Then what we've done is we've used them in our campaigns, for example. We just uh, launched, uh, you know, a, a campaign for beanies last year and two years ago. And it's becoming a little bit of a tradition where uh, literally because we had this creative idea and not a lot of budget, we said, well, I mean, let's use employees because it's really like they're the best, you know, faces to champion our products, you know, and then it just evolved over time and it was a really great activation. Um, And then, for example, in other circumstances, we've used them to kind of, celebrate together at HQ, you know, some kind of launches with them, you know, kind of uh, initiatives and raffles and and competitions with them. And they've shared some of our campaigns online. So there's so many things that you can do um, at many different levels. And I would say, I mean, what we've done is really basic, but I think what you can actually do at the brand level is even more Um, you know, important, because if you think about it, how many employees you can have, like a big brand, you know, has thousands of employees globally, and many of them have a huge following, you know, think about it. And it's for free. (laughs) It's for free. I mean, they're not gonna charge you. Yeah, they're not gonna charge you, at least not yet. I think the time will come when your employees are gonna be part of some kind of influencer program, you know, corporate influencer program, and they're gonna charge. But for right now, they would do it for free just because they're engaged with the brand. So why not leverage that that opportunity? I wouldn't argue because depending on the role, you know, sometimes the role is not so much about you being executional or tactical. It's mainly sometimes at some levels about really having the right network, the right visibility, um, you know, the right maybe kind of. Vision or strategy and bring people together, but you know, like you know how business was done in the old times. You know, like you were meeting at a golf course or you are meeting over lunch, and it's all so personal, right? Now it's the same now at scale, right? Because those people are known globally, and the the level of trust that they're building with their audience is really high. It's exactly the same, so. That's why I think a lot of things are going to change, um, you know, in the way that we market, that we brand, that we think about strategy, that we think about hiring uh, because it has implications across the board. If I would be a founder of a small company and I would want to leverage or I would have in my strategy a, a huge, you know, growth and visibility across several platforms what do i hire do i hire a you know recently graduated marketing manager for a social media job or would it be smarter for me to go to a youtuber or influencer that is already killing it on tiktok and getting them to work for me you know even if they're like 21 i i think this is where I, I don't dare say that you know big corporations should look into that necessarily because I think we're very far from that way of thinking, and I think it's it's really challenging in many different ways, right? But if I were a small company founder, and if I would think really very pragmatically about what my needs are in the team, that's how I would, I would think about it, because in the end, what you want is a, a, is the outcome, right? And the outcome is visibility at scale and distribution. And so I would go to someone that actually knows how to do that already. Um, and I don't I don't need a degree <laughs> for that, you know? I mean, they're proving that they're doing it. So I think, you know, this is the big shift that I think we're gonna look into in the future for the companies that are smart in, you know, being very focused and kind of laser focused on on the actual output, especially on social media you know platforms i mean you need to go with what is proven to be to be working so yeah i mean that's how i would do it that that's what i think is is really smart and that would give you a lot of success pretty quick or or another idea here's another idea you don't hire them but you get them as advisors right so you know i mean the thing is that the world is so big and there's so many people that do this across the globe in different parts of the world they don't even need to be there with you you know if they're giving you a good strategy and you can implement it that that could also work the point what i'm trying to get to is you need to understand what your outcome needs to be first and for that you need to understand the platforms differently because i think the the mindset shift a little bit that is happening right now is that in the past it was like from us to them you know, or add them in terms of, okay, how we see our brand and what our brand guidelines are and what our marketing strategy is and what our messaging is. And, you know, here you go, consumer, like deal with it. (laughs) Right? We're telling you. But now it has to be a conversation. You know, how am I going to know you if I'm not talking to you? And so how am I going to talk to you, consumer? Well, I need to talk to those people that actually are engaging with the consumer on an everyday basis, which are the influencers, which we're already doing, right? It's big brands. We we work with influencers, but we don't work intimately enough, right? Like we don't get the strategies We're, we're telling them to execute. So if you reverse engineer that process and you get them to work for you, with you, and advise you on the actual strategy and execution. I think that's where the bigger shift is going to happen. I mean that's just an execution fact you know it's it's part of the execution process that doesn't that doesn't cover the thinking before the strategy before you you can have a platform that auto posts whatever you want but the thinking before that needs to be in place you need to think okay what's the holistic view that we're trying to get out there what's the brand standing for how are we going to uh, you know Talk to the consumers on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, whatever the platform is, Snapchat, uh, and then somebody needs to think about all those things, and then somebody's gonna have to create the content for you know individually for all those platforms, and then somebody's gonna have to, you know, post, um, schedule all the posts uh, on some kind of a the post platform, but. But that's not the thing that just helps you to be more efficient and get more content done but i think another thing that you need to keep in in, in mind which I'll, I'll give you this from a personal experience because i've i've used um auto posting platforms you know i've tested quite a few of them and then i went kind of back for a while to just do whatever I felt on the day. And that's obviously just for my, you know, kind of personal post. it has nothing to do with a brand strategy or anything. But what I've observed from, you know, my own personal point of view is that a lot of things happen on a daily basis. So you need to allow flexibility to be able to, you know, talk about things that are happening today. And, and not be so unflexible that, oh, I've I scheduled whatever post today and then I'm not going to speak about this other super relevant topic just because I've posted it. And I think if you if you think about that at the brand level, it's exactly the same. So for sure, I mean, there's different, you know, different platforms that help you uh, achieve a bigger, you know, um, efficiency uh, across the board, especially on social. But that shouldn't um, stop you from being flexible and reactive. To the things, to the cultural things that are happening on the daily basis, especially big brands, um, we need to react. And consumers respond so well to the reactive brands. You know, the ones that are taking the cultural cues and are making fun of the situation, or are supporting something that is really badly uh, happening in the world. And then you need to be there, kind of supporting, um, or helping, or whatever you know, or giving your point of view if you stand for something on that topic. So. Um, there has to be flexibility you know yeah no but but I think it's again related to what do you stand for like you know what do you stand for as a brand and what's your brand personality so if you're this very you know like kind of directed by rules and you know this is what it is and this is our guideline and this is what we're gonna do and nothing is going to detract us from rolling out the strategy and whatever that kind of is going to create a certain image of your brand with the consumer. If you're not reactive to what is happening in the world at the right time, and you're not communicating with the consumer because it can be like a two way street, right? So the consumers are going to post about those things that are happening daily, and they're going to make fun of them. They're going to create memes. they're going to, you know, whatever. If you're not part of that conversation, you're out. Right. And so on the other side of things, if something bad happens in the world and everyone is super concerned and you're just there kind of like keep selling your stuff, you're like tone deaf. You know, so either way, you need to be somewhere in the center where you're like very, very engaged in that conversation with the consumer, no matter what happens. I have a little bit of a different opinion on that, to be honest, because there's so much conversation about this thing that we, we don't have enough attention for everything. Whereas I think, I think we're just paying attention to the things that are really important to us, you know? So I'll give you even an example from, from my cases. If I choose to spend 10 minutes on TikTok mindless, you know, mindless scrolling, and just like one more and the other and the other and then it's 15 minutes and then i have a timer on that because otherwise i'm just gonna get lost but it's a it's a conscious decision that i'm making for whatever reason i want to spend my time there right and i think we're, we need to give more credit to the consumers as to what exactly they need and what they're looking for. And they might not be looking for anything, actually. They might not look for your brand at any given time. So the point is, how are you going to connect with them in a meaningful way so that on whatever platform there are, and remember seven, you know, seven hours, 11 touch points, four platforms. It's a lot. Every time we're getting there, every time we are connecting, it has to be so meaningful so that they wanna hear more and more and more to the amount of the seven hours and 11 touch points and four different platforms that they become loyal, loyal consumers, you know? So I think in the end, it's really just about trust, building trust and what exactly it is that you have to say that is meaningful to them, not to you, you know? So it's a bit of a reverse um, thing here, whereas I need to know you, it's counterintuitive. It's like it's not like oh I have this product and here it is to you. It's more like let me get to know you first. Let's establish the relationship. Let me understand what you're looking for, and then I'm gonna serve you. What I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna offer you what I know you want. Ah, uh, it's too expensive and i i wonder what's the actual output of it how many people do actually use the technology i mean there's two two technologies that i've been very curious about for a long time one is ar and the other one is this the qr you know the qr code so it's like qr i think it's more tactical you can use it for a lot of things it kind of like unlocks you know websites and things and okay you can go quicker to places that you're looking for, but like AR, like it's so intentional. Like you really need to kind of allow the time as a consumer to really deep dive into whatever the brand is offering you. So I I really need to be interested in advance in order to take the time to actually use the technology, open it, interact with whatever is happening. So it's not, I think it's not so much about the AR, but what is really fascinating to me is what happens before the AR, right? What's, what's the process, right? It's a lot of time. It's much more than just clicking on a link and going to a, a, a website. Like if you, if you think about it, so if you get an ad, right, on social, and you like it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm interested, I'm clicking, it's immediate. That interaction is so much quicker. But with an AR, it's like, okay, I need to maybe like email you, or maybe you're going to a a store and you're seeing something and and like, okay, let me take a picture of this, or I might need to download something. And then I need to like get into something. Maybe I need to register. And then once I'm registered, maybe I'm getting some kind of an experience. Like it's a lot who does that and why, (laughs) you know, that's, I'm, I'm very fascinated (laughs) about this and I'm sure it works. But I would say that probably it works with very niche subjects, you know, topics, products. Uh, I don't think it necessarily is profitable at scale. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's a very technical thing, or it's a very nerdy thing thing. You know, I've seen that being used with uh, NFTs, for example, and I can totally see that. I mean, if you've spent, I don't know how many thousands of dollars on an NFT. Yeah, right. So I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to do it so that you can see what the NFT can do for you. Um, you know, so it has to be very niche in, in different ways. Maybe it's very technical, maybe it's very nerdy, maybe it's very, I don't know, something that, you know, a very small group of people has access to.